Welcome. This is the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. This is an Ivy Pod production. You can find us on Facebook or go to our website, www.ivpod.com. Let's go. Welcome everybody. This is the uh, today's podcast for let's see, December eighth, two thousand ten. Hello, Clayton. This is John. Hi, John. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. We're too. Doing things a little different this week, unfortunately. Yes. We had some Comcast. Well, I had some Comcast issues last night, so we were unable to do our usual recording. So hey, that's all right. Using my sleep banking methodology to stay up a little later tonight so it'll work yeah out. well you're good because you bank some sleep or you're gonna get a full night's sleep tomorrow night that's the, that's the plan but you know i the way i saw it was you know i don't know about you but after last week i uh i really wanted to make sure we got this podcast in because i was a bit after listening to the podcast i was a little bit disappointed in how it turned out Right. I think maybe we're harder on ourselves than most people would be, I hope. So I hope so, yeah. Hopefully yeah. it wasn't that bad. I think, uh, we, like I said, we're harder on ourselves. Plus, um, I thought maybe we'd be a little bit more energetic. I was like, oh, we got a nice long weekend. We'll, you know, we'll be good. Um, but it turns out that we, we were pretty busy, so we didn't, um, we didn't really have the time to put into the preparation. And then the Bears game drained us because... Well, they won, and that was fun and all, but it just, I was pretty excited for that, and then I ate my big old Sunday dinner, and then I crashed, and then I had to get up for the podcast, and it just didn't work. Yep, so. I was right there with you. I was uh, I was ready to hit the hay. Yes. And uh, we pounded that sucker out and, yeah. Stumbled our way through it. <laughs> yeah. But this week, I think we're going to rebound well, because we have some good stuff in the, from the paper. Yeah, um, we do. And we got some other stuff. We forgot to do our podcast of the week last week. And I hope people look forward to that because I actually like talking about it. So, And I think some of, we have common interests with our listeners. And um, even if they don't listen to any other podcasts, I hope they just listen to ours, if anything. But um, there's so much good stuff out there that I really like talking about it. So Yeah, and we got, we got to keep our game up these days because, you know, after we got our publicity in the Ottawa Times, you know, more people will be checking us out, so we got a got a lot of pressure now. Yeah, well, we're almost we're almost made it. We're almost to the big time. Well, hey, what did you say to me earlier? We we hit the big seventy mark, right? Yeah, yeah, we're seventy fans on the Facebook, so that's pretty good. We're at Ivy Pod um, on Facebook, so look us up. Just Ivy Space Pod, right? Ivy Space Pod on Facebook. Yep. Yes, that's correct. Yes, yes. Sounds good. So, so what are we talking about today, Clayton? You want, why don't you kick it off for everybody? All right. Um, well, the the Ottawa Times uh, has done a series of stories on the radium dial and its successor, the luminous processes factories that were in 
Ottawa. Um, and they did a whole series of stories, some insight ones. They had some um, like letters to the editor or guest um, uh, people write in and write articles about it and personal stories. Um, and then there was a play this past weekend that was in, uh, they did it to raise money for a memorial that they're looking to raise like $40,000, I'm hearing, um, for this memorial thing uh, that's going to be downtown. Um, so we just went through all this stuff. If you're not familiar with this, the radium dial stuff, it's um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, it was some gross negligence, maybe uh, unknowing. It shows how naive people were then. Right. Um, and companies could be. Um, and yeah. This, I don't know. Uh... I, I and I, I come from a point I, I just was so naive to this whole concept. I, I knew nothing about this. I feel so stupid. Like within the last couple of weeks I was totally when you turned me on to this story, uh, up until then I just was completely clueless. I guess that's my Peru centric way of thinking. Right. They never talked about it. Do you never heard about it when you were in school? I don't remember. If I did I just forgot about it because i don't remember it no i i remember i remember hearing from my teachers that um the the way the women used to um lick the not lick i I don't know if it's licking but um you know make the paint brush that they used make it get that nice fine tip by swirling it in their lips like dabbing Um, it like you would dab yeah yeah like like you dab it on in um just in water almost like just trying to give it a nice twirl to get that fine point I remember hearing that, so I I wasn't completely naive to it, but I think um, I haven't heard anything about it in so long that it's sort of been, um, you know, in the back, you know, I haven't background, I haven't thought about it forever, but this isn't exactly news. I mean, it's not breaking by any stretch. The only news really would be that there was a play, um, These Shining Lives, and that was ran this weekend, probably Saturday. It focused on, what, like five or six of the women? Mm Mm-hmm. Who, who were involved in this. And, uh, yeah, like you said, this is just textbook uh, early 20s industrialization. Mm-hmm. You know, where and, they they... Putting, and it was, you know, women were joining the workplace. The wages were pretty good. Um, I think it was $17.50 a week or something like that. Yeah, this was a booming time. I mean, they had the big... The, the, they had the government was funding these projects for... Uh, like planes, I think, for the instrumentation for their gauges, so oh. that, so they could glow in the dark uh, for a lot of the pilots in, in the planes, and then well, then the wristwatches too for the soldiers, so they could see the time and in the dark. And so this was these were some big booming projects for local industry, and yeah, they just didn't really uh, care too much about what was going on with the workers' well-being. Right, and well, to, to sort of defend them, I guess a little, they didn't know. Um, True. I think uh, the and I'm sorry, people, if you're listening and you know this stuff to a T and you you've read up on it and you're very knowledgeable on it. We're probably going to botch some of this stuff, kind of a preemptive, yeah. uh, right? I... <laughs> like a, a caveat, like don't worry, we're going to screw it up maybe a little bit. But I think most of the stuff we'll say is stuff that you know I I read up on it. I've I, you know I read all the stuff that I could in the paper and. Um, so if I recite something wrong, I, I, I apologize in advance. But um, yeah, I don't they, they for, forget you. <laughs> forget me. <laughs> uh, so anyway. well, let's before we before we 
really dig into this because that it, I think we'll be able to carry on for a little while about that. We're going to do our podcast for sure, right? And then uh, we got some follow up on your uh, Christmas lights uh, debacles, or yes, yes. Uh, I had I had, I, had uh, I got some feedback that was very uh, made me feel better about my situation, so that I was going to share that. Okay. Well, let's 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 do our radium dial stuff. I think we kind of have a logical way to go through it. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but we'll 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 kind of bounce around and hit on it like you were saying with the gauges and stuff. So let's jump back into that. Sure. Um uh, well just to do let's do the background first here. So what the radium dial was the actual name of the company, which is funny cuz radium if you don't know is radioactive. Um, you know why, like Homer Simpson works in a, uh, uh, that's a exactly nuclear what, plant. <laughs> that's exactly the image I got of this whole situation. Right. The he, Simpsons. And... and he has the, the, uh, the rod of radioactive material fall into his shirt and he throws it out of the car. Well, if he really did that, he would probably get in trouble. Um, yeah. He he would never be able to leave a nuke plant with some uh, radium, uh, or I don't even know if they use radium now, but um, <laughs> radioactive material on your person. Well, I mean, um, you said earlier, uh, you know, to defend the company, they didn't know. At the same time, just just the fact that it's radioactive material in general, I mean. Well, did you know that they, at the turn of the century they were marketing, in this even in the late 1800s? I think they were marketing candy with radium in it. They would put it in toothpaste, brassiers, jock straps. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking. I uh, did not know that. Yeah, they, it would. It's supposed to help your virility. You know, you make your boobs right. bigger. Oh, you know, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right? Pretty good stuff, right? And that, I mean, that was the whole quack thing, snake oil thing. I mean, but you know, hey, this newfangled stuff, it'll, it'll make you. I make guess babies. they did. I guess they did a lot of things back there then when they didn't, you know, they didn't know that it was really harmful. I know I just talked to my dad recently. I think I don't, we weren't talking about this. We were talking about uh, lead paint, and he was uh -huh. telling me about how they used to have the lead toys where you could cast your own lead toys. Okay. Uh, that was like a toy back then where you could make your own right. lead toys. And hence he, so he excessive playing with lead products. Well, my dad likes to tell a story about playing with um, mercury. Right. So. Oh, I did that too. I played with some of that when I was little because it was cool. Right. We, that stuff wouldn't fly now. But just think of all the stuff that we're probably doing now that we're going to find out in 30 years is awful for you. So I would, And, yeah, my number one uh, thing on my list of things to watch out for would be uh, phones, cell phones in Ooh. general. Right, you get the warm spot on the side of your head when you've yeah. talked on it for too long. Yeah, it just I don't doesn't know. seem right. No, it doesn't, but uh, yeah, when, as we joke. And who knows, that's what they were probably doing in, in the 30s and stuff and, uh, you know, whatever. But um, they they did, it's not to say that they weren't warned. I think, and, and again, we're going to fudge some facts here, but like I think at some point in the 30s and 40s and maybe even earlier than that, they started to see like weird illnesses. Um, I think there was some plant, a plant, a similar plant in New Jersey where some people got sick and they were kind of, it was sort of shoved under the rug. And then the management right. at like the radium dial people came out or even what could have been luminous people came out and like a full page ad in the newspaper saying like, we care about your safety and our, our plant and our factory is safe. 
Um, so they were aware of right. um, this. This is where stuff gets really shady because I mean, right. I, I think they were sending these women to doctors who were gov, you know, company doctors who, you know, BSed them about what their right. illnesses were. Right. And, They're I the mean, same just, doctors that the tobacco company hired. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Like Thirty years later. And um. Uh. Well. And then just the fact that they. I don't. I'd love to know more information about the whole name changing because my understanding was that they they changed their name to avoid some legal issues because like oh. radium dial closed down and then reopened as luminous processes. Uh, so there was something shady there too, some loophole. Right. So it's well, and, and I think they actually stuff. changed. They actually changed from using radium to uh trillium oh did they did you see that yeah so they went to and it, it was again it was probably another radioactive element but um not maybe as as uh strong or something hmm. interesting mm-hmm. it's all bad it's not good yeah so yeah so i mean okay so i guess going back into the history books uh radium dial uh, turned into luminous processes back in the 20s. And let's see, as we mentioned, I'm just kind of skimming through some of the notes we had here. Uh, they made the glow, just, we kind of glossed over this before, but, you know, they were making glow-in-the-dark products. They used this radium, and they painted it onto watch, the hands of a watch, or right. the, you know, the, the little sticks on the ga- gauges. They They painted, the women were painting this uh paint this radium paint on these products to make them glow in the dark right and, and it was that, it, i i i at this point i feel like we also had west clocks in peru right that you know so it makes sense that another factory nearby would kind of put the finishing touches on a lot of the products so it was this kind of work was was uh big in the area so continue Oh, sure. And uh, so I guess what happened, uh, I mentioned before they closed in the 20s. They changed into luminous processes. Uh, in 78, they closed down for good because the Nuclear Regulatory Commission found the excessive radiation in their plant. Um, let's see, radium dial, that plant was torn down in 69, and luminous, their plant was torn down in 85. But... Um, the effects of these plants, unfortunately, have carried on in the Ottawa area and have really just damaged the landscape because of these radioactive materials getting all over the place. Right. That's a That, that was a major problem, especially like, say, I think, I want to say, what was it? Do you happen to know, it was like 20 years ago, they had to do a massive cleanup in the mm-hmm. Ottawa area for this? Yes, and, and actually that process is actually still ongoing. Oh. Um, the actual sites, I believe, have been remediated, um, but um, they're still uh, they're still in in the process of cleaning up some of the other areas, I believe. Because um, I saw a figure like by the time it's all said and done, it could be like over a hundred and a hundred million dollars worth of cleanup. Yikes! That's going to be spent, and the city itself is putting some money up, like one hundred and fifty grand. But um, really, that's not a whole lot, and. Um, if you're interested in the cleanup stuff, uh, there's an article. It was published um, on the fourth. Uh, Hot topic: hobby turned to environmental crusade. And, and with it, that, Clayton, let's take a short break. Yeah.
sorry about that. That's um, okay. We're so back. I was, yeah, I was doing the uh, hot topic, how he turned to environmental crusade. There was you a better, guy who... You better um, give everybody that uh, that link again, because that was I cut you off kind of there. Oh, hot topic, uh, how he turned to environmental cr- crusade from the 4th. Um, again, you can find that in the, the uh, archive for the Times. Um, it, there's a what what happened is this guy bought a uh, a Geiger counter. Um, I think he like bought it at a garage sale. He did. He bought it at a garage sale and was walking around and and uh, just using it. And and it was an old one. And uh, he uh, he uncovered a few sites that were still hot. And he actually ended up forming a group called Rape, which is a horrible name, but. Um, it's residents against a polluted environment, which I guess it's appropriate, but Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> you yeah, but come it, up with a better name than that. I mean It totally makes sense. Rape the land. It's just the connotations I are all No, it's a bit strong, but I guess <laughs> I guess it's meaningful. Sorry. Oh, right. Right, right, right. So he actually and then he because he bought this this Geiger counter, he actually um started going around and using it and found some hot spots and uh he ended up forming this group, and it, it kind of snowballed into a, a, a very a positive thing. Like I, the guys should be praised for kind of sticking his neck out and, uh, um, you know, putting his putting his wonderful garage sale find to use. And and it's it's like I said, he he should be praised for it. So um, if you read through it, you can get all the details on it. Um, you know, it talks about how like the bricks of the building absorb the radium. Um, there's it just he he was able to sort of point out that there's spots that weren't remediated properly or they didn't clean them up properly and he was able to get um through a lot of effort it's just not like this happened overnight he was able to um bring in uh, different government groups to actually recognize this as being a real problem and that it needed to be rectified so pretty interesting, interesting. stuff and as a side note uh those bricks you know when they did the remediation all that gets shipped off to Washington. So we send all our radioactive crap out there and let them deal with it. Would they put it in a mountain? I'm pretty sure they do. I think they've got some pretty. They've got. They've got. Uh, yeah, I think that's what they do. I think they bury them down underneath the mountains right. or something. Well, and I heard too when they did when they did do the teardown of these buildings, a lot of people actually came and took bricks as a, um, you know. A, a memory thing, which I guess is a good lead into another interesting side note. Um, the uh, radium dial building was a high school previous to being a factory, and one of no, the no. Fa- what's that? Wait, oh, I'm sorry, there's oh. a weird sound. My cats are going crazy. There's, oh. I thought I was getting broken into there for a second, but oh no, it's my stupid cats. Sorry. Okay. That's sorry right. for the breakup. <laughs> but yeah, I had a good lead in there and you just ruined it. I um, know, I'm sorry. It's stupid. <laughs> so we were I, I I think I made the point. I believe it was the radium dial building. It could have been the luminous processes either. One of the buildings was a high school previous to being the factory. And so they removed an artifact um from the building and what it was was the ball that was at the end of a staircase that I'm guessing was kind of one where you come around the turn and you head back to, you know, down the next flight of steps and you put your hand on it and you do the old spinorama and you head back, you know, as you're turning down the thing. 
I don't know. It was some sort oh. of architectural thing where it was like a ball. And th- th- it was removed from the site, and it was encased, and it was uh, the superintendents took it um, for the Ottawa, and it was in the Ottawa superintendent's office for the high school. And, and I, again, we were just talking about this, so I apologize if I, I don't have all the facts totally straight. I'll try not to be too direct, but... Um, Two of uh, two superintendents died from a brain tumor, um, and if you read the article, it actually says that this this ball was in its case right near where the superintendents sat every day at their desk, and um, this ball was removed um, by the Argonne Na- uh, National Laboratory, which is a nuclear lab. Um, which is up in the suburbs there. Uh, they came and took it. They put it in a lead case, and it was removed, and it has not been seen since. So um, it's it's sad that both these guys died of the, um, you know, similar brain tumors, all very rare, and it was because they all they wanted was an artifact from this old school, and it and it actually ended up potentially killing them. Which they I guess it's not. Um, fact that that was the case but talk about interesting yeah that's very it's it's like creepy it almost sounds like something out of a movie or something right well and it tells you how toxic this stuff is and and um how crazy it was i mean we didn't and we haven't really talked about uh, most of the people that worked in this were women and what they did you know they used paintbrushes and they they would lick them and touch them and uh, they would paint their arms with it because it was cool and it it bring the paint home and paint paint stuff i mean yeah they they did they didn't know because management didn't really tell them to do otherwise they weren't right. concerned and they so, didn't know either right so. nobody knew and so it was uh it was not good in terms mm-hmm. they didn't have jay jansen there to to protect him or whoever those commercials are you see all the time if you if you have symptoms of uh what's the one they're always advertising uh, it's for if you're exposed to asbestos. You know what I'm talking about? What's that? Oh, there's the one. There's the one disease that you can get if you're exposed. Oh, to. mesothelioma. That's it. You see those ads all the time. Yes. Fortunately, they didn't have those infomercials back then to help them out. No, and plus the the legal system hadn't gotten, and um, so out of control which is kind of funny that i say it like that because i I, i'd be on these people's side but right um yeah there wasn't lawyers chasing ambulances around at that time at least to the degree that it seems they are now um but yeah i mean they no doubt i mean at the very least these women uh were put in uh danger unnecessarily i think it's it's cool that they're trying to to build some money up so that they can get a memorial for them. It uh, seems very appropriate. So I, I do hope that the, the play, you mentioned it before, These Shining Lives, uh, check it out. These Shining Lives, You can they've got some stuff on the Ottawa Times about it. They just had the play this last weekend. Hopefully it'll come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm guessing they're doing it up in the Burbs because that's where the, the group, isn't right. it? They're out of Chicago. No, they're out of Chicago, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, and they—I mean, it took—it took a little bit of planning and organization for the local to get it down here, and it, it's uh, the mayor, I believe, was involved, and actually the um, uh, Ottawa delivered um, was donating some stuff, and um, so yeah, it was—it was—it's pretty pretty neat that 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 it all kind of turned into this. So, 
Um, it's 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 sad that it happened, and we could carry on and on about all the all the stuff. And there's still like I'm, I'm there's remnants, and I don't think it, it'll be a thousand years from now, and there'll still be remnants of this because of like you have. I, I see that you got some stuff down here about. Uh, you know, stuff washing down the drain and there could be bricks in people's houses or something that some kid's toy that someone painted with this stuff that's just in a chest somewhere in someone's house that's really radioactive. It might not kill you. You might not you might have to sit next to it for, you know, eighteen years or something before something might happen, but you know, it's definitely out there. Yeah, so, so uh yeah, if, if if this has caught anybody's attention, uh, if you're um a you know, closed minded uh, naive person like me, and you didn't know much about this. Go to the Times. There's tons of articles about this. Mm-hmm. Um, just, if you just search radium, go to the uh, uh, mywebtimes.com, search radium, um, and you'll see all kinds of all kinds of stuff. There's um, tribute articles, letters, um, stuff about the play, uh, stuff about the cleanup. Um, stuff about like there's a, a a guest column from a nurse. Um, oh baby, it's just it it never. I mean, it's it's and it shouldn't. I mean, and and if you, I'm sure if you were to go back, um, and search even the older stuff, that you'd find tons of stuff on it. So right, um, so. it's it's good stuff. Well, like I said, we could we could carry on and on and on, but um, I just sad. thought it would be a good topic. Yes, sad story. We wanted to bring some attention to it. So uh, I guess with that, we should uh, move on. Um. <clears throat> Do yes, some radio that's... silence for the ladies. And there there we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, solid two it's seconds. A, solid two day. It's a, you, <clears throat> people think there's something wrong with their pod with their ear ear I was about to say earmuffs. Their head headphones. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm losing it. It's late. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Moving on. Stuff. What else are we gonna talk about tonight? Okay, well really quick, because I know we got a bunch more little topics to talk about before we before we go um before we get to our first our second break here um as a follow-up to my story from last week uh, i explained and divulged to everybody that uh, had my issues on very tall wobbly ladder 30 feet high um kind of pushed out and um I, i mentioned this to somebody and they gave me some some nice feedback and Let's see. This this was the response that um, that's what was this like? I make sure I have this written down. Um, this is from my uh, a coworker of mine, my my work grandpa. As I I like I heard that recently that phrase used in like I think it was a Mark Maron by I don't remember who it was. Some oh. Canadian used the f- phrase "your work grandpa." Somebody some older gentleman who you look to for uh, wise words and or mentor type person. Anyway, he told me that uh, you know this is actually was a situation in which wisdom was creeping into my lives. As I'm getting older, I'm actually just getting wiser and that the concept of invincibility is simply fading away and being replaced by a new appreciation of the mortality of humans. So, wow. Did you yeah. write that down? I did. I did. Wow. So yeah, he, I, he told he told me that. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's Hold on. Cool. Let me get a pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that. It made me feel good about my uh, wussiness. So you know what the problem there was, though, John? 
What's that? See, you needed to have like three or four beers before you went up there and you would have been fine. <laughs> true. That's probably Which, true. Which, again, probably not a good idea. So <laughs> he, uh, we'll go with his, his uh, response and that was I like pretty it. smart. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Good stuff. Uh, so um, I guess what else? you have any other little topics before we jump into? I guess we'll do our last segment. We'll talk about our podcasts for the week. Um, yeah. Do we add, um I, I have one thing, and this is, I know I didn't tell you about this one, but did you hear, and this is in the news, and this is current. Mind you, this is, what, Monday night, actually early Tuesday morning. Um, there was a woman who is now missing after a car accident. Did you hear oh, about this? Yeah. This is, uh, I am so interested to find out about this. Yes, oh, please, please tell us. Well, uh, her name is, uh, well, Dale Shannon's the driver. It was his wife, um, Tanya. They were returning home from a Christmas party. Um, either way, the car, that they wreck the car, um, it kills the husband, and she is was thought to be in the car and is now missing, and they've been looking for her since... Um, what around two a.m. Um, which would be early Sunday morning, late you know Sunday, uh, Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Um, and there's they can't find her. Um, right. And I I don't really need to say anything else, but I hope by the time people are listening to this that there's a happy conclusion to this story. But right. Um, it's one of the eeriest. But he he didn't make it though, right? Is did you say that? No, he passed away. He died from the crash, and it's it is truly like. One of the the oddest, strangest stories ever. Like, I, I, don't, I shouldn't say that. That sounds dramatic, but like it, it made it. It made the, all the made national. Uh, well, not national, but made our Chicago. Yeah, news, it was on so. the the Channel Seven news. I know for sure last night, Sunday night. So, um, man, what a, it's just such a bizarre story, and I would I I couldn't even try to speculate what happened because you could just. Well, they were on it like 2 a.m., so it was probably a vacant road. Uh, my guess, because yeah. I talked to somebody about this, and I guess that, that piece of road is a very long, straight run of road. Okay. So, you know, um, give them the benefit of the doubt that they weren't boozing and that they were just driving uh, um, on their merry way. And unfortunately, maybe the driver just got tired. And 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 fell asleep. That's that's right. What I'm or thinking. I mean, you know, the snow's blowing. It, it was starting to get really, really cold. So if the road wasn't cleared, um, then you know, I mean, it's it'd be pretty easy to just hit a slick patch of ice and oh yeah, um, so, you know. So it's just it's it's, it's bizarre. Heartbreaking. Yeah, it, heartbreaking it and bizarre. And uh, so. Clayton, unfortunately, our little timer is about to go. Okay, sorry to cut you off so abruptly, Clayton, um, but that is a very weird, bizarre topic. We hope people, uh, like you said, hopefully by the time people hear this, there's some resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully positive. Yes, hopefully positive. Because uh, like uh, um, you, know, you hear a story like that and you can't help but wonder just what happened exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, she would be a, a, a fly on the wall in that car and sort of get an idea what actually happened, but. Enough of that. We Enough of that. So let's, let's move on to our 
our uh, our final segment of the show, and that is where we talk about our favorite podcasts for the week. I've got a few. Well, not a few. One main one, and then another th- recent discovery that I've been listening to. Uh, so I guess I'll I'll kick it off with the, uh, you know, we we bring them up over and over again, but uh, Mark Marin this week's uh, show last Thursday. So that would have been what day was that? That was the second. He came out with a show where he interviewed a guy named uh, Mike Schmidt. Was that the guy's name? Yeah, that was his name, and he's not the old Phillies third baseman. Yes, he's also not the uh, advertisement advertisement local advertising uh, guy either. So there's a lot. That's a kind of. I guess that must be a common name. Anyway, yeah. um, this guy is like a. He's not washed up. He's kind of a middle of the road comedian, who who just his whole life he's been doing these kind of second act comedies. Like he'd always be the lead in. I, yeah, I believe the term was he's a middler. Middler, yeah. He had, always... lots of, he had lots of friends that were comics, and he would always take them on the road, and he'd make some money, but he never was a headliner. Right, and he just never, yeah, he just never got to that point. And uh, now, with like I think for the last three years, maybe he's been doing his own podcast called mm-hmm. the Forty Year Old Boy, mm-hmm. and. And and that that was it. Uh, I guess he's got a pretty strong following, and they convinced Marin to get him on his show, and it was interesting. I just I don't know what I was loving this podcast, and it's so perfect. Like I just loved it because it was typical Mark Marin, mm-hmm. the way he can get into a conversation and get people to say and basically just speak the truth. You know, it'd be very personal. Yeah, and he, I thought they were very. Yeah, sorry. I, I thought they were very like-minded, meaning yeah. that they had a lot. Um, there, they had a lot in common, um, and w- with their feelings and how they viewed where they were at in their lives and how they viewed the comedy business. And um, a guy like Marin, who's been successful and then not successful, and um, he never really found success, but they still seem to see things the same way. And and Marin, it seems to me like Marin is kind of like the older comic, and he's kind of gone down the dark, um, lonely path and being pissed off all the time, and he's kind of come around, and now he's he seems to be in a good place in his life. Whereas this this other dude, this Mike Schmidt dude, comedian, um, he's still in that kind of mad state. Right, he's where, a brooder. Yeah, a lot of everything he talks about in his comedy is. Uh, a lot of self-reflection on, on bad things, and he seems to like to get in a lot of fights with people. Right. He wants people to hit him so he can so he can then beat them up. I mean, well, didn't he? He said like he has had problems with his weight. He works as a security guard, like second shift or third shift, right? Right, right. Like I mean, he's not exactly like the beauty of I think Marin is he doesn't really discriminate. He's willing to talk to anybody if he thinks it'll be a good show. Right. And so, I mean, he's got this guy on here who's, I mean, he's doing it like everybody, you know, he's not, he's not rich and a podcast certainly isn't going to rate, make you rich. No. Uh, so I, I think that's, it, it was really interesting for sure. What, what really 
what I thought was so cool about this, and maybe this is just me, this is just my opinion, but what I thought was so cool about this podcast was typical Marin, just the way he can feel a person out and and know where they're coming from. Like this guy, um, like you said, they're kind of like-minded guys. And in the beginning of the podcast, I was really compelled by this this uh, Schmidt guy and interested in him and actually to the point where I was like oh man I should really listen to his podcast but as the podcast kind of went on there were situations where he sort of to me tried to deflect certain the way he answered questions seemed like he was deflecting what he you know he didn't want to open up too much he was almost trying to deflect the question and Marin in his typical fashion almost like a boxer pushing a guy back into the corner mm-hmm. not like he was atta- he wasn't attacking him but he just he would he would not let him escape questions mm-hmm. and he would like make a good sure reporter. Yeah. Yeah. He would just push him back in and make him open up basically. And honestly, by the end of the podcast, I didn't really like this guy that much. No, I, I lost. A, he kind of was a, uh, kind of was a jerk. Yeah. By the end got of the, the impression like he, he screwed up his relationship with most of his family. Right. Um, doesn't mean he's not funny, but I mean, like, yeah, yeah. God, this guy kind of seems like an a hole. Exactly. And, and yeah. Like, by the... He seems to blame people for a lot of his problems when maybe, you know, maybe he's part of the problem. <laughs> right. Right. That's that's exactly right. By the end of the po- by the beginning of the po- at the beginning, you know, I was like, wow, this guy seems pretty interesting. But by the end of it, uh, Marin did a perfect job of just kind of, you know, just exposing him for what he appears to be. Kind of a dick, right? So, which, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll actually go back and listen. Uh, maybe I will listen to his podcast because it seems like um, comedians that are uh, that seem to make it big a lot of the time. Um, either it's because they work super, super, super hard, and I think that probably is for all of them, or it's they're they're messed up, man. Like they have some sort of backstory that's like out of this world, right? Um, like you can't believe it. They've they've come from dark dark places, and that's where their comedy comes from. And um, whether it was personal, like home life as a child, or uh, their drug years, um, and uh, substance abuse and all that. I mean, um, I'm not sure what this guy's story is, but he was he seemed he was pretty interesting. Yeah, so check sure. it out. That was uh, Marin's uh, whatever I said, December second episode. Um, yeah. Uh, probably should push forward we're running we're running a little low on time we don't want to go too far over and i need to work in the morning so uh clayton uh you get you get to sleep in jerk yeah i do yeah, uh so, that's uh, nice i put in my hours today it's all that's good that's cool well uh, uh tell, what's your podcast for the week i've been listening i think we brought this one up before but the freakonomics podcast uh, uh if you're familiar with the books uh freakonomics and super freakonomics that's uh steven dubner um and uh, uh, Jay Lovett, I think it's the guy's name. Uh, okay. I could be wrong. Um, sounds good. Uh, yeah, well, they've, 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 it took them a while, but they're starting to come out with a podcast about every two weeks or so. Um, and they their most recent one, actually, I think their last two, were about this uh, no-lose lottery. Uh, very interesting topic. Um, obviously the freakonomics would you lead you to believe that the show is semi related to economics it's the 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 um slogan of this show is the hidden side of everything where they use economic principles to investigate various problems and so if you read the books 
uh, those are excellent, uh, excellent reads. Yeah, they're very um, interesting. You know, they're, um, the, the first one's got a really interesting uh, uh, article about, uh, well, chapter about Chicago and mm-hmm. the school well, and I, system and right. kind of close and to home, so it can be interesting for that and reason. And they have some really good stuff on uh, education in that. And I believe they're they're definitely have relationship with the uh, University of Illinois Chicago and their economics department, which is world-renowned. So... Um, so what is this? They they basic. What do they want to do? They want to have a government or or federal lottery or what do they? Or is it, it's a banking no, system or what it's, is it? it? It's okay. So the the title of the episode is the no lose. Uh, who could say no to a no lose lottery? Um, and the idea is okay. So how many people play the lottery? Well, they, what they figure is about fifty percent. Um, play in a given year of all people, all socioeconomic backgrounds, black, white, rich, poor, um, about 50% of people play the lottery. Um, and your odds of winning at the lottery are basically zero uh, or, or you know, slightly above zero. Um, winning anything sizable. Um, if you if you play a scratch off and you win four dollars on a two dollar ticket, you you're making out like a bandit, um, and the odds of that happening aren't very good. You know, maybe right. one in sixteen. You know, and that ain't very good money. So you're, I mean, what their theory is is, and then they've this started in other countries in England and South Africa. The idea is what is that a bank will offer a product that is a savings account that has a very little or a super low interest rate or zero interest rate, but you have the possibility of winning a large prize. Uh, they call it prize-linked savings. Um, and the idea being that if... Now, wait, wait. That almost seems like a double double bonus for the saver. They, they have a low interest rate and they can win a prize, or they have a high interest rate, but they can win a prize. It's a savings account. A savings account. So the, the 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 higher the interest rate, the better. Okay. And it might might be zero. You know what I mean? Okay. So you're not making very much money on your savings. So the idea is that you can open this account sometimes with as little as twenty five dollars, but every three months they're going to draw for a hundred thousand dollar prize. Sounds that like you have fun. a chance to win, right? And the idea is there's a um, gosh now I can't come up with the term. Um, the, the the idea is that people play the lottery because of that that thought of winning. I mean, like, oh man, like you know, I might win, so it, it's worth it. Um, and the lottery inherently, I, I hate the lottery. I think the lottery is bad. I I think it's a waste of money. I think that the, it's the states ripping off the poor people. And and this isn't just me all willy nilly saying it. I've had these thoughts for um, years and years, ever since I was in grad school, and I've done research on gambling. And, uh, and and you're not alone. You're absolutely not alone. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's there's I been it's studies re- that have shown who's truly affected and who's who's right. paying for these systems. Yeah, I think it's a ridiculous premise. I think if a state needs to start a lottery to make money, it's dumb. Uh, I think oh, and the state of Illinois actually might sell its lottery to a, uh, a independent or a, um, an outside source to make money up front that to me is i mean talk about i mean that's dumb times 10 but the 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 very premise of a lottery is stupid you're better off going and dumping your money into a slot machine because at least those are like 90 percent payout you know what i mean (laughs) yeah your odds of winning are good but at least they're better than playing a lot throw it on the uh throw it on the roulette table or something yeah 
Right, and they and all these guys. Fifty that, fifty chance. Right, all these guys that work in the lottery or they they have uh, you know, they big campaigns and they spend all this money on advertising and they suck all this money in and it's it's, um, you know, it's just a foolish thing. It's a fool, if, especially if you're poor. And I'm and the sad thing is I'm guilty of it. Like I will buy a scratch off ticket and I don't know how I justify it, but I think it's dumb. But um, the, the so the idea is that. They'll give incentive to people who don't normally save money because they don't have a lot to save it because it, it, it plays on the same reason that they play the lottery. Well, like if all I have to do is put a little money in this savings account over here and I have a chance to win money like it's a lottery, but it's like a double bonus. They might actually, instead of spending that money on the lottery, they they still have their money. You know what I mean? If, if you know, if it's a pretty sweet deal, really, if. You know I like I mean? yeah. It sounds cool to me. I don't understand exactly why it's illegal, except for the fact right. that uh, some some broker or some um, some guy on the top is probably not instead of that money going into his pockets. Now it's going to go into the people who have the savings accounts. So of course his lobbyists are going to make sure they do everything in their power to make sure this does not happen. Right. So that's and the it's problem. actually it's actually going. It's happened in uh, Michigan, and there's a few. A few other states that are considering starting them up, and I think it's a fantastic plan. Um, it's worth a shot. I mean, right. crap. In in Michigan, they call it save to win, um, and all you have to do. I mean, you can do it. It depends on the program, but it could be as little as like seventy five bucks. You just put in the savings account, and you have a chance to win some money. The idea being that part of the problem with this country, just like the states on, on a, in a micro level, individuals aren't saving enough love, uh, enough money. Just like on a macro level, like a state or the country itself doesn't have any money, the people itself don't have any money either because we're not saving. And I'm guilty just like the rest of the people. Yep, same and here. So if you listen to it, it's 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 really it's it's a really interesting. Um, listen and it's quick it's like 25 minutes maybe and yeah. um these guys are they do they do a really good job and you know what both guys are named steven one's steven and one's Stephen. Stephen. <laughs> steven steven dubner and steven lovett and they're interesting their books are fantastic but the, yes uh the way um, they they tackle these topics is fairly um unique and and this one i think was really interesting so give it a good listen to Right. Give us, let us know what you think if you have any, if you have any thoughts on it. So. Clayton, uh, hold that thought. Okay, we uh, let's close this out, Clayton. Um, that's uh, I gave a podcast. You gave a podcast. That's uh, you got anything else you want to add for this week? No, enjoy the cold weather because it isn't going anywhere. <laughs> I figure that's my uh, solution. If I'm tired at work tomorrow, I'll just walk outside. Right, that'll wake you up real quick. Yeah. If you get tired driving, roll down the windows. There you go. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, you know, uh, just to just so you know, uh, the ice is starting to form, so there might be an ice fishing trip here in the works. Oh, okay, know. cool. Yeah, so I mean, ice in, ice out; those are the times to go. So you want to be out there when it's first formed. Excellent. Those, okay, those are the best times. Keep to that fish. in mind. I'll yes, keep that in mind. I want to get my skates on. I want to go ice skating. I need a it's yeah. I should try so to find cool. an old pair from someone. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody's enjoying the winter wonderland that is the outside right now, <laughs> and not complaining about it because it's not that bad.
just yeah. dress warmly and you'll be okay. Although at the same time, you know, people complain that global warming is this really bad thing. I don't know. When you have zero degree weather, global warming doesn't sound that bad. No, it doesn't. It's true. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's my brain fart for the day. Global warming my ass. It was 12 <laughs> degrees today. That's right. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. that makes sense. But. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's finish this thing off, everybody. Uh, go to www.ivpod.com. Uh, we like that. From there, you know, click on the big logo in the middle. Go to the Podbean site and give us some comments underneath each of the podcasts or post a comment or give us a rating, whatever. You can also go to iTunes and, and give us a rating there. Or um, send us mail to mail at ivypod.com. And uh, I guess that's about it. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs>